impactful increase. Impactful increase. And the reason I believe this, this, uh, what we are teaching now is so important is because I believe this year for the Ark Fellowship is going to be a year of great progress. Not only in the church, but your personal life in the name of Jesus. You will have great progress. I know the scripture says God does what his servant say. That's the scripture. And no ulterior motive. I want the best for your life. And that's what Jesus came to give us. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. You can't change that. It exists constantly for everyone who believes that God came because God is the Word. I've said this before. The Word became a man to speak to us. And he said, I came. The reason Jesus came is for you to have life and to have it more abundantly. And one part of life is increase. That's what God said to us from the very beginning. Be fruitful and multiply. God wants increase. Increase in every life. God wants you to prosper. The scripture tells us that. Sometimes we say, well, I just want, I don't need all of that. Who told you you can tell God what you need? How grown up are you? How wise are you to instruct God? Well, I don't need that. This is what I need. Well, if he says you need it, you need it. You just think you don't. God wants increase. In the Abrahamic uh, covenant, I will put three, but actually four things that God gave to, that God promised Abraham. Every covenant goes with a promise from God. If you read the scriptures, it's always a promise. Davidic covenant went with a promise. You will always have one from your line on the throne. It's a promise. Covenant has to do with promises from God. And you, because you are a covenant person on earth, you receive whatever he says to you in the promise. Second Peter chapter 1 made it clear to us that God has blessed us with everything that pertains to life and to godliness by which, by which he gave us exceedingly great and precious promises. So everything you need with regard to life and Godliness, living for God, is in those promises. And in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, I think it tells us there that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in where heavenly places. So these blessings are there. God blesses. The first word Adam heard from God was he blessed them. 
And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Those were the very first words Adam heard from God after he was created. Very first words, Adam and Eve. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He's not saying, be in want and multiply. Because the word says, the Lord is my I shall not be in want. That scripture is forever established. If God is your shepherd, and he is our shepherd, we should not have fear of want. The circumstances is what brings us into fear. When we receive something from the mail, that becomes a God and we forgot, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hey, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Not your business. I was thinking, the other day, I realized if you become a Christian, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So what does that mean? Even in your house, he's there. If he will never leave or forsake you. So now, I have a new father in my home. Now that I'm become a Christian, right? What do children do when they have needs? They go to their parents. I have one in the house. And they're trying to take my house. Hey, God... Uh, remember, we live in this place. Okay? And they're trying to take it away. Uh, Daddy, are you going to do something for us? Will you help us pay so we don't have to go? That's God. Amen? Why don't you talk to him? Hello? Don't look at me like that. Why don't you talk to him? Simple. God, you are the father of this house. They are trying to kick us out. Us and God. No, nobody can kick you out when God is in the house. But we forget to talk to him about those things. So we go into worry uh, for the Christian. Like Michael said this morning, it's called concerned. Many you are worried, but I'm very concerned. Well, you are very worried. But the word says, take no thought. Remember? And don't worry about anything. When God has told us not to worry, and we worry, guess what we are in? In sin. Nobody tells you that. And so nothing comes to you. Because you have already missed the mark. When you worry. He told us, don't worry about anything. No matter what it is, he is able to handle it. So it's not your business, it's his business now. Like God told the children of Israel, you don't have to fight. It's my fight. You stay, you keep praising me, and I'll destroy your enemies for you. The same principle holds today. No matter what you're going through, God is saying, don't take any thought. Be still. Right? 
and know I am God. He'll take care of the problem. Four things God gave to Abraham as a covenant, a promise. First thing is the promised land. The promise of the promised land. That's what he told Abraham. And guess what we have? We have a promised land. You know what it's called? Heaven. The same principle. Abraham, that was the fleshly type of covenant. There's a promised land, Israel. And God promised it to Abraham. So the covenant includes a promise. And our covenant has the same promise. Heaven. And if you are not in that covenant, you will make it to heaven. You will be in hell with the devil. There are no smiles in hell. But this is the promise for God. The next part of it is the promise of descendants. You know what that means for us? God needs children. Both those that have gone away from his kingdom, his children that have strayed, God wants them back. Descendants, he told Abraham, look at the sky. Count the stars. So shall your children be. That's us. Descendants, part of this promise. And that's been fulfilled all over the world. It was, it was I think, Mark, I can see him here now. Start helping us. But to see a video of a young girl, those men that were in that meeting, Christian girl, the Muslims were going to kill her. And they were digging a grave. And she just was looking around. If you see the video, she was looking around like no big deal. They were digging a grave where they were going to they would bury her and put her head up, up to her head. And then they stone her to death. I think the man said, we don't want to see this. But it was strange to me, believe me, believe me. It was really strange to me because she, she had fear. She was just looking at them. And she was waiting for them to finish. As soon as they finished digging the, the grave, she stepped in by herself. As soon as they finished, she went in. And then they started putting the, the dirt in to, to cover out it. She had no fear. And I was wondering, wow, how can this be? She's seeing something that I have never seen. No fear. And another video, they were cutting off their heads. These guys were waiting for their turn. As soon as it was over, the guy runs in there and puts his head down for it to be cut off. There's a lot to do. Those people, somebody brought them to Christ. They are descendants. And now they are in the promised land. Because something came into them from the Father that made them fearless. And could not care about this life. They were ready to go home. Amen. The promise of descendants. The the third one is the blessing. The blessing. When Abraham met Melchizedek, Melchizedek delivered to him what the Bible calls the blessing. Notice no blessings, blessing. 
God wants you blessed. And the first time he blessed somebody, what he said was, be fruitful and what? Multiply. Multiplication has to do with the second one, descendants. The fruitfulness means you are enlarged. Isaiah 54, God says, stretch out the borders of your tent. It's a commandment. Stretch out the borders of your tent. Because your descendants will what? Inherit the desolate places. So it goes back to that point, that promise. God says, look bigger than, look bigger, wider. Look beyond what you can handle. Believe that God can give you the increase today and turn your life around into somebody different. He is able to do it. You got to believe it. It comes with believing. If you have a project or a business, whatever you want to do, that you can handle, you don't need God. Handle it yourself. But when you make it so much a vision that I believe God gives, gives to you, that is so much bigger than yourself, it's impossible to handle, but it's in your heart. Don't let it go. Because you don't have any resources. He's not asking for your resources. When he gave Joseph his vision to be the ruler of the world, he was just a kid with coats, with a coat with many colors. You know what that is. But God gave it, and he believed it. Guess what? He believed that vision. Even while he was going down, the vision was still in him. The Bible doesn't tell you, but I can tell you if, if, if the vision wasn't in him, he'll give up and begin to complain. But the vision was in him because God gave it to him and God fulfilled it. Ruler of the world. Pharaoh was just a figurehead. He governed everything. It's never impossible with God. He's called the blessing. And the fourth one is redemption. Those were given to Abraham. Promises. So, why is all these our portion? We already went through Abraham and the result of God's blessing in his life. In Genesis 13, it says Abraham was very rich. I used to think, blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. I set myself to be poor so I can inherit the kingdom. Then I forgot what it says, really. Blessed are the poor in humility. Where you know, I need God. I need God. I can't do this. My sins, how can I? 
I can't forgive myself. I, I, myself. I need God to forgive me. I need God to uphold me. I need God to take care of my family. I need God to take care of my business. I need God. I need God every morning. God, I need you to be in my life. Life is not life without you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not blessed are the poor. Because Jesus says to go help the poor. How can the poor help the poor? It's not going to work. He gives uh, uh, a quarter and he thinks that was big. And the guy says, can't you give me more just a quarter? The poor can't help the poor. But Jesus told us to go out and give to those who will borrow from us. Have you heard that? Give to the one who wants to borrow from you. But he didn't say you go borrow. Did you notice? He didn't say you go borrow. We make ourselves people to borrow. Because that's what you believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so what? That's what you that's what you think. I'm a beggar. I always need people to give to me. Change that. And begin to say, I am going to help them. When you do that, you may have nothing. But guess what? The one who gives seed to the sower will begin to walk in your life. And before you know, you got seed. It comes so natural, sometimes we don't see it. Because we think, well, I did this and that's what happened. No, God gave it to you. And once he starts with you, he doesn't quit. That's one thing I found with God. Whatever he starts, he's going to perfect it. Once God begins to bless you, don't ever think you are going to go down. Nobody can do that. After you've been through a test, God brings you to a place just like Joseph had his test. He said the word of the Lord tested Joseph. And you can read that in Psalm 105. The word of the Lord tested Joseph. After you've been through the test, and then God brings you on the other side, nobody can bring you down. Once Joseph became prime minister, nobody took him down until he died. In a foreign country. Can you believe a foreigner without green card, without a passport, not a citizen? Because I don't think Joseph went in there as a slave. He didn't have no green card. But guess what? God took him and he was governing the whole country. And at that point, the rest of the world, they all came to Egypt. Can God do that today? You don't sound convincing. Can God do that today? That's right. It's easy to say God can do that. Can God do that with you? You really believe that? Surely? Well, he can. He can. 
And it starts with a little vision. Maybe just a business. Why is all these our portion? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All of them were very, very rich. The Bible tells you that. And we call, even in the New Testament, God is still called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's one thing that you can find in all of them. Isaac waited, I don't remember what the water for 15 or 25 years before he entered into the blessing. Some of us don't remember that. Can you think Abraham was rich and then God began to bless Isaac? What happened before that? How come God has to bless him for him to begin to prosper? If he got all his father's wealth, why is he doing that? A lot of years, we, when we read scripture, we just think it's the next day. No, he had been through something. Amen? He had been through something. That's why the Bible says the, the man prospered and con- began he began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. If he inherited everything from Abraham and all was good, why is he being prospered like that? That was his own. He entered into the blessing of Abraham. Don't know what test he went through, but he finally entered into that same blessing. And the same thing with Jacob. And all, one thing was the trade going between these people. One, they were very, very rich. The Bible says that. Every one of them. And then they are called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So why not us? The Bible says, you are Isaac. That's what the Bible says. A child of promise. That's who you are this morning. Let me see your hand wave. I am a child of... I am Isaac. I am Isaac. Well, if you are Isaac, you are a candidate for the blessing. The blessing of Abraham. You are a candidate. And when that blessing hits you, you will never recover. Why is this for us? Why is it our portion? Because we're Isaac. The Bible tells us this in Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Notice it didn't say Christ will redeem us. He has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you don't know Christ, and even if you know Christ and are ignorant, there's something eating away at your blessing. (laughs) Because the cross is no more. I believe this scripture. The curse is no more. That's the redemption part of it. Christ, you remember the four things? The last one is redemption. Christ has redeemed us. He brought us out of being cursed. When you are cursed, then you are in want. You have all kinds of difficulties and all of that. That's a curse. And then he appears with the children as well. 
Nobody is educated in the family for many generations. Until one of them finds Christ and they are taught, before you know, he's a graduate. And after that, everybody else is a graduate. Because it starts with one as you enter into the blessing. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That what? That what? The blessing. Notice it didn't say blessing. It's the blessing. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon who? Gentiles. You and I. Now we can be Isaac. And the blessing is on your life. Amen. You know... Goodness and mercy follow me. You remember that scripture? Guess what? God has crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. They're always with you. Always there. So God has blessed you with what he calls the blessing. And when you allow the blessing to begin to function in your life, Guess what? All your neighbors will see you are blessed. The blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were not just hidden. Everybody knew it. The Philistines envied Isaac. Abraham and Lot, they had so much, the land could not hold what they had. Some of them had uh, camels. Which if you look at scripture, the Bible says, for he had camel. A camel is like our Rolls Royce. And donkeys in that time, they were like Bentleys or Mercedes Benz for them. Why else would the Bible be telling you he had camel in our time? He had camel. I don't need a camel. I just need a Mercedes Benz. Who's going to be riding that? But in their time, they didn't have that. To have one camel, that's a big thing. Hey, hey, brother, come and see my new camel. It's like, come expect my new Rolls Royce. <laughs> in their time. But he had a lot of them. And the Bible mentions, when God says something that's big, in their time. But that's for our time. Now, I'm not asking you to have multiple Bentleys in your house just to show God's blessing me so I have all these Bentleys. You can only drive one at a time. But he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We are no longer under the curse. Can you say that with me? I am no longer under the curse. No longer, because the Bible says he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. If there is no curse, there are no vacuums in the world. If the curse is lifted, guess what comes in? The blessing. And every one of you is carrying, as a child of God, the blessing. All we need to do is believe in that blessing and begin to, to sow 
You know, Abraham, the Isaac said, the Bible says, he believed when God said, stay in this place, I will bless you. Just like your father. He, just, he didn't say that. He sowed in that year of famine. That doesn't make sense. Why would you be sowing when there is famine? Because God says you are blessed. Stay in the land. So you sow and God blesses you. Let me show you some other thing about God's blessing upon his children. Deuteronomy 7 verse 13 and 14. Hmm. See what he says about God. And he will what? Love you. And bless you. And can you see all that's going on? The multiplication, descendants, right? But then the blessing is a part of it. Some of us like the multiplication, descendants. I just want to have a child. I want a blood of child. Well, that's good. That's descendants, right? But why would you forget the blessing? They all come together, and God said, I will love you and bless you and multiply you. Amen. So it's going to be well with my children. I got no fear. Because God has already said, he will. And God is not a man that he should lie. If he said, he will do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good in his time. The word never returns to him void. I will bless you. And multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb, you see. That's descendants. And the fruit of the land. That's the blessing. What comes to you? Has God changed? Is he willing to bless us today? And give you an impactful increase. What that means is you are able to help others. You know, there was a young man uh, I was visiting back in my country. And uh, we had a lawsuit, a case in the court. And all the lawyers met. And uh, I felt this was an opportunity to witness to these top lawyers in Nigeria. (laughs) So I started talking to them about Christ. These are big lawyers. Some of them disputed with me. And uh, they went, and one of them, I guess, argued with me and said, all the pastors want is money. (laughs) I said, I don't give, I I said, I don't give my pastor money. I give it to God. If he wants to steal God's money, that's his business. (laughs) But I don't give God, I don't give my money to pastor when I go to church. I give it to God. That's the way I look at it. I've never changed. And I said, if you do that, God's going to bless you. And this young man, he pulled me aside. Businessman. Great business. He told me, he said, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I used to have difficulty in my business. Not a Christian man. But the word works. Amen? 
because he was doing it. He said, every morning I know people I need, they are going to come to me asking for money and help. So he would go personally. In those days, in my country, everything was done by cash. You got to pay cash. Everything is cash, cash. And he says, every morning I will go to the bank and withdraw some money and I keep it. He had what we call the, they call the portfolio. It's like a briefcase. I'll put the money there. And then he sits in his office waiting for those who will come. And he says he starts giving them. He sits there, he's working, and he's expecting somebody to come. He has the money there for them. You know what? He said, since that time, everything was working for me. Everything I did. Business, everything was booming. So he learned. He says, you know, I finally realized it's because of the portfolio money <laughs> or the, the briefcase. So he, he goes to the bank because in those days you have to be in bank to get money. And he collects all the cash, puts it in his briefcase and sits down in his office waiting for somebody to bless. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. May you learn to do that where you're waiting for them because God has blessed you. And as they come, he's happy to give to them. As soon as they knock, yeah, I got one person now. And he's willing to give. I don't know whether he got converted or not, but his attitude and his business and what he was telling you hit me, the preacher, like you won't believe. It's like, God, please, I would like to do that. I would like to be like this unbeliever, you know, because of what they were doing. I will also bless the fruit of your womb. And the fruit of your land, your grain, and your new wine, and your oil, the increase of your cattle. Notice God, everything you have, he's going to bless. The increase of your cattle, and the offerings of your flock, the offspring of your flock, in the land of which he swore, to give to your fathers to give you. It's what to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above what? Really? You shall be blessed above what? Really? Do you really believe that? God said you shall be blessed above what? All people. You may not feel blessed today, but I want you to believe that word. Because you're going to have impactful increase coming. Not an increase that is hidden, but I have this. No, your neighbors will see. Amen? You're making payments for your house? It will be paid off. Amen? Just one check. Because God has blessed you. Now you can tell it. Amen? God means what he's saying. You shall be blessed above all people. All peoples. 
as a Christian, there are nations in the world. And that's what God calls people. You will be blessed above all nations. Peoples of the world. And he means what he says. But we read those scriptures and we go, how nice. It's really nice. I wish God would do this for me. <laughs> he said he will. Can I hear an amen? amen? He will do that. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you. Or among your livestock. That scripture used to bother me. You know, when he says to the people, there shall no one be barren among you. And I'm thinking, really? What about Samson's mom? You heard about that? What about Hannah? The mother of Samuel? What about Sarah herself? And then I started thinking about it, and I realized every time the Bible tells us, and you can check this out, every time the Bible tells us that a woman was barren, guess what happens? God intervened, and the child that is born is extraordinary. Always a boy. Don't ask me why. Always a boy. Every one of them. Every single one of them. I know this. Rachel. Two boys. Right? Sarah. Isaac. Samuel's mom. And what? I mean, Samson's mom. Samson. It's always a boy. And every one of them gave the devil trouble. Samuel, God will not even allow one word to fall to the ground. From Samuel. First child, always a boy. So, when I was so happy when I got that revelation. I remember Christy. Uh, Christy, uh, children's pastor, she, she was having trouble there. And I prayed for her. And I'm basically, he's going to be a boy. And guess what? She had Tristan, a boy. So when you're having trouble, hey, get happy. You're going to have a boy that's going to give the devil trouble. Can I hear an amen? It's scripture. That's where you find principles in scripture. It's not just words. You discover the principles, and when you act on those principles, things happen. I've seen them. It's just all over when I was traveling. Oh, I'm, I'm having trouble. I talk about praying for them to get a boy. God means it. Amen? And when the devil comes in, God says, I'm going to really give you a good one this time. I'm going to get a boy like Samson, busting all the heads of the Philistines. Amen? Oh, Let me go to this. God's desire for every one of you. What does God really desire for every one of you? 
What? What is it? Listen to this. This this is this is an incredible word. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. The Holy Spirit through John. And this is important to God. The Holy Spirit prays, right? That's why he's here, to pray through us. And the Holy Spirit speaking through John, by revelation, telling you what his heart desire is. And the Spirit of God is, the, is God himself. He says, I pray that you may what? Prosper. That's God's desire. We're not prospering, but God says, the Holy Spirit says, I'm praying for you to prosper. Have impactful increase. In all things. Prosper in all things. Whether it's cattle or camel, whatever it is. God wants you to prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. God said to Abraham, this is the blessing. In Genesis 12, 2 and 3. I will make your name, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be what? A blessing. So God blesses you to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And you, all the earth, shall be blessed. Are you part of the earth today? This is what God says. That's his desire for you. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. And when you are blessed, you may just think today, you're sitting down listening to some sermon. No. This is spiritual. Bible says, Jesus said, the words words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit is to stir up things inside of you. And to create things that you never imagined. Based on the word. Based on the word. I firmly believe this year is a year of great progress for the Ark Fellowship. You get ready. My prayer is every one of you, we don't like to talk about money in church, but it's important. I pray that every one of you will increase greatly, financially, financially. I'm praying for miracles to come your way. But you see, you got to enlarge the borders of your tent. Start thinking that way and start looking for it. Because God's going to do it. I see a great increase. Coming to our church. Coming to your family. 
unexpected increase. And God has clothed you with favor. Every one of you. He surrounds you with favor as with a shield. I don't need anybody to tell me that. God says, I have surrounded you with what? That's the truth. You can bless me with favor. That's okay. But I got the blessing. I got the blessing. It's all over my life. Amen? The favor is there. And that favor will take you places where you'd never dream. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. How many, re- how many ready to receive the blessing this morning? How many? Yes, it's the blessing. I'll continue next week. Got a lot to say. But would you stand up with me today and begin to proclaim on yourself because God has said in his word, he will bless you. So with what? The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham will always produce. So on you right now, I see you wearing, what is it called? The blessing. The blessing of Abraham. Melchizedek confirmed it. And Jesus has confirmed it in your life. Amen? He is our great high priest. Now, lift up your hands and begin to call the blessing. I don't care what anybody thinks is the scriptures. Sometimes we don't want to accept the scriptures because we have our own thinking. And we don't know that we are actually rebelling against God. The blessing. The blessing is upon my life. The blessing is upon my life. Would you say that? The blessing of Abraham is upon my life. I need you to say it like you are convinced. Believe it this morning. The blessing of Abraham is upon my life. The blessing of Abraham is upon my life. The blessing of Abraham is upon my life. I have the blessing. The blessing of Abraham is on my life. I will increase greatly. Just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I need you to say, I am Isaac. The promised child of God. I am Isaac. And the blessing of Abraham is upon my life. Amen. That's the truth. Nobody can change that. Because his word is forever established in heaven. All I need to do is believe it. And God will make it come to pass. No matter what situation you find yourself today. Maybe it's been 50 years you've been struggling. But I tell you, God is so small. The Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. (laughs) But there's got to be some beginnings. Don't despise it. Let God show you something. Let God give you an idea. Let God bring somebody into your life that says, come along with me. I just like you. Don't know why. I just like you. Let me show you something that will change your life forever. Can God do these things? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Father, thank you that your word is the truth and we can believe in this word because it came from God. And God is not a man that he should lie. 
Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he has said, he will do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. God, my prayer today to you is confirm your word in the lives of those that are hearing your message today. Let there begin to be impactful increase, unexplained increase in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, because your word will never return to you void. I give you praise today. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Amen.